Well done, everybody. You obviously are the ones that got your clocks sorted. Good on you. Give yourselves a hand, maybe. That's my plan. You doing all right? We're an hour early, I know, but, well, we're not. We're on time. Everyone else is an hour late, aren't they? That's right. Shall we take a moment and pray? Father, I thank you that we can gather here to day together in your name and Holy Spirit you are most welcome in this place Holy Spirit we invite you to have your way we invite you to rest on every person that every person in this place would make a connection with you this morning thank you that you've got a plan that you've got a purpose for each of us you've got a plan you've got a purpose for our city You have a plan, a purpose for our nation and for the nations. And so this morning, we want to lift up our city to you. Declare that you are over the city in Jesus' name. Invite you to have your way in the city. Use us to bring change to the city. I pray in the name of Jesus. And thank you for today, Lord. We are truly blessed to be able to come together like this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, why don't you take a seat? And then next time we stand up, some of you could kind of move around here if you wanted, because it's kind of empty. It's a bit scary, isn't it? Didn't the musos do well, being here? And the techie guys and everything, and they were all here probably while you are in bed still. Fantastic. You've done well. Stanley had a slight glitch, but we're not going to talk about that publicly because that, that wouldn't be fair, would it, Stanley? <laughs> well, welcome. It is great to see you this morning. And uh, it is really, really great to have Pastor Wayne Swift with us from Melbourne in Australia. Wayne is the leader of the Apostolic Church Movement in Australia. Uh, Wayne and his wife, Ruth, uh, minister together in Melbourne. And Wayne is also our overseeing minister here at Activate Church. And it is a great, great privilege to be on the journey with you. And um, yeah, welcome, mate. Relax, enjoy yourself. Well, there's a couple of things this morning I want to talk to you about just before we get going. And um, that's in October, which is next week. We've got CIA coming up. Does anyone know what CIA means? Church in Action, fantastic. You can talk back. Remember last week we made an agreement together, didn't we? That you would not be quiet in church any longer. That was the agreement. So we've got CIA. So there's quite a few things happening on CIA. There's on the 16th of October, we've got our muckin on the Sunday. That'll be fantastic. On the 35th, there's lots of things happening throughout the month. You'll get notice of things. But these are some big ones for you. The 16th. Sunday the 16th, we've got our muckin in the community. So come to, you know, come on Sunday in your old clothes because we'll only be here for a minute, then we're heading out into the community. And then on the 31st, there is the light party, which will be fantastic too. 31st is Halloween, if you don't know. So we do something for the community every year in the opposite spirit of Halloween. We do a light party, and it's always very popular. There's kids everywhere and parents everywhere as well, so it's uh, fantastic. The other thing that I really... um, felt stirred by God to do this year, which is new, is for the month of October, we're going to have 24-7 prayer. And so that's not here, so don't freak out, you don't have to camp 24-7. 
uh, uh, but we're going to have the church, all of us, taking turns, praying 24-7 throughout the month of October. So what I've got here is a clipboard for, I think, the first week. Yes, it's the first week. And it has our slots on it. And I want to pass it around this morning while we're meeting. And can I encourage you to take an hour? Take an hour, I should speak properly. Take an hour or two or three. You might want to take an hour every day. Fill it in in here and um, put it in your phone or your diary. And then we will make sure that you get a list of prayer points. I don't think I've got that this morning. No, I haven't. Um, we'll make sure that you get a list of prayer points of things we want to cover in the, in the month of October. But this is a great practical way to really put into practice the house of prayer that God's asking us to build. So where shall I start? I'll start over here. How's that? If you just pass it around throughout the meeting. That's the only problem, eh, with only a few of us this morning is that I can see who's filling it in and who isn't. <laughs> no pressure, really. good. Anyone had a birthday, wedding anniversary this last week? Birthday? Very good. Very good. Any other birthdays, wedding anniversary? Nothing. Why? It's quiet. Come and have a chocolate. Happy birthday. Very good. How about we pray God's blessing over you, eh? Church, would you like to stand with me? Let's declare God's blessing. Here we go. Father, Thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favor, prosperity, and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy birthday. Have a good year. Bless you. Well, David, where are you? We've got uh, David there. He is fantastic. Psalm 61 this morning. Thank you. Now this is written by um, King David, not this David. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, listen to my cry. Hear my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I cry to you for help. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the towering rock of safety. For you are my safe refuge, a fortress where my enemies cannot reach me. Let me live forever in your sanctuary, safe beneath the shelter of your wings. For you have heard my vows, O God. You have given me an inheritance reserved for those who fear your name. Add many years to the life of the king. May his years span generations. May he reign under God's protection forever. May your unfailing love and faithfulness watch over him. Then I will sing praises to your name forever as I fulfill my vows each day.
We're going to spend some time worshipping. Why don't you come and fill the space this morning? That's why it's here. So that you can be free in your praise. You can be in your worship. We don't need to stay behind rows to worship our, our King and our Lord. So take a, take a little risk this morning. And come and find a bit of space and enjoy yourself in God's presence.
tall, but deep breaths. When Jesus taught us to pray, he said, Our Father in heaven, holy is your name, or hallowed is your name. And we know that it's not the best translation. It literally means in the original language, our Father who is in the very air that we breathe. Allow yourself to take a moment to sense how close He is to this holy God that we sing about. in my head was of a a warrior was a bloke but that's beside the point Uh, but he was in chains I could see like brass chains and shackles and he was held in captive and then I saw him just start to breathe I was thinking the presence of God and as he started to take some deep breaths I could see his whole body starting to swell to the point where the, the shackles popped off his wrists and popped off his ankles and he found a place of freedom and his hands started to lift and he was a gleaming sort of strong warrior but his strength came from his praise his strength came from his worship his strength came from literally breathing the presence of God and we're going to sing holy holy again and I want to really encourage you before you sing holy holy take a deep deep breath in your lungs and just allow yourself in a sense in the spirit to swell up and restraints that are holding you this morning, things that feel like they're restraining you, allow them to break off in the name of Jesus. Allow them to drop to the ground. Visualise. Visualise the things that are restraining you, popping in Jesus' name as you literally breathe life in His presence and declare His holiness today. Can we do that again? The, The holy, holy part at least. Take a really big breath before you start to sing it. In the Spirit, allow yourself just to expand this morning in Him, in Jesus' name. Shut 
Father, thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for your presence resting on every person. Father, we stand this morning in you, not looking at the things to our left or to the right. We stand in you, looking to you, the holy, holy, holy one, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who is, the one who was, the one who is, the one who is to come. And we rest in that place this morning. We rest in that place of you. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would replace turmoil with peace this morning. That you will replace hopelessness with hope this morning. Father, that you would replace anger with mercy this morning. but in you today. In your grace, in your mercy, in your kindness, in your unfailing love, in your faithfulness. gatherings last Sunday morning she was visiting came with some friends and uh, little did we know I met her before the gathering and she actually responded to the message but little did I know when I met her at the start she looked a bit weary of the environment she was coming into but God touched her during the, the meeting and she'd been suffering chronic pain for 12 years I got an email during the week saying that she was completely healed as we gathered together and came off all medication this week. Isn't that fantastic? As far as I'm aware, no one prayed for her. She just, she was in the presence of God. Never, never underestimate what God can do amongst us when we gather together. Great. Well, find a seat if you'd like to. Otherwise, sit on the floor. That's great could be a bit hard, but 
It is a great, great <clears throat> honour to have uh, Pastor Wayne Swift with us this morning. And um, yeah, I, I love being able to, to watch what he's doing there in Australia, the way he's leading the movement over there. And uh, I love the, the friendship that we've built with, uh, Jen and I've built with him and Ruth. And, um, and I, I love the fact that he has an eye over us as a church here. And so this weekend, part of what he's been doing while he's here is he's, he's met with our eldership, or not quite all of them yet. He will have met with all of them by the end of the weekend, asking them the hard questions. He asked Jan and I the hard questions and um, to get a feel of what's happening in the church to make sure that, you know, we're going okay, to make sure that um, God has been honoured in the way that the church is run, etc. And it really, I hope you feel a great sense of safety having someone that we're accountable to that, that keeps an eye on us because you should that's really good because Wayne's really good at asking hard questions and he won't let you off the hook he, you should ask a few this morning no no of these guys and, and don't let them off the hook he's really good so I want to encourage you make sure you talk to him while he's preaching yes, yes. yes. thank you you left me hanging for a moment there yeah make sure you talk back remember we are in church we're not in a movie you wouldn't believe it. We went to a movie on Friday and he ate popcorn beside me. Unbelievable. But there you go. Why don't you come, Wayne? Great to have you here. Please give him a massive big hand. I did it on purpose. He told me what he'd said and I thought, that's terrible. I, I go to the movies, not to watch the movie, but to eat popcorn. Well, why else would you go to the movie? Most of the movies are rubbish. Hey? Took me to see some, what, what was that movie? Some crazy thing about a rugby player I've never heard of. And, um, yeah, but it was, the popcorn was good, yes. <laughs> Thank you for having me here. It's, a, it's an honour to be able to speak uh, here in this church and to speak to you. And, and I say that sincerely because, you know, it's an, it's, it's an honour to, and it's a burden in many ways, to stand up and speak seemingly on behalf of God. You know, that's what, that's what we're charged with. That's our responsibility. Uh, you've given up your time and um, it was probably more of a struggle than normal to get up and be here this morning. Um, but you come and you come to worship God and, you know, the sense of God's presence in this place is, it's real, it's, it's, it's tangible. And you also come to hear God speak to your hearts. And so my prayer right from the start is, is that your hearts will be open to hear what God is saying specifically to you. And, and it, may not, it may be that all, all that I say is, is peripheral to what God's already done in worship. And if that's the case, that's okay, that's fine. Because at the end of the day, the only reason we're here is to honour Him and to, and to take another step forward in our relationship with Him. Uh, my words are meant to be provocative, to challenge you and to encourage you. Uh, but ultimately to ensure that as a, as a group, what we're doing is we're making some advance. We're going forward. Um, and, and that's our intention. It's to, you know, we eat food every day. And the reason we eat food every day is so we can continue. If you stop eating food for long enough, you no longer continue. And, you know, when it comes to the Word of God, we're going to keep eating it fresh every day so that we can continue when you cease eating your spiritual well-being decreases dramatically. You know, as we're seeing that those songs in worship, and in particular the last one, reminded me of some time 
many years ago now, and uh, I had hair, and, um, and what I would do, or what we would do, there's a, a bunch of young guys, five, six, depending on uh, what night it was, and we would go to this old abandoned house, and the abandoned house was, uh, it was an old country house, it was in suburban Melbourne, but it was on a on a large property that had been bought by the government for some reason. The house had been abandoned. And we would go there uh, every Tuesday night, and there's no power run in the house. We'd go in, and it'd be dark, and we would uh, have torches and stuff. We would sit in there, and the goal was simply this, to meet with God. Bunch of guys who couldn't sing, because none of us were musicians, and we would stand, and we would sit, or we would uh, um, kneel down, uh, on, the, on the wooden floor in this old house and we would just sing our heart out. It sounded terrible. All of us knew that, but we didn't care. Because the reason we were there was to somehow connect with God and, and the, the uh, shaping that took place in our lives as a result of our devotion in doing that was extraordinary. But the most profound thing was the sense of God's presence as we met with him. Uh, they, you, you know, we learned to prophesy to one another, and, and it was unintentional in the sense that we just so felt God's presence, we would start to say, hey, listen, I feel like God's saying this, and, and one after the other, it, it didn't, didn't matter where we're at, but it, it brought about progress in our relationship with God, and, um, you, you know, just, I felt another moment like the one I had way back then, this morning, as we were singing in worship. What we're doing is reminiscing. What I'm doing is reminiscing, and reminiscing is usually a term reserved for older people, so if you were reminiscing with me, there's a description for you. (laughs) It's a good thing to be looking back. Uh, You you know, as, as we look back, our lives are shaped by so many different experiences. When I was a teenager way back in the late 70s and early 80s, 2016 wasn't a date we thought of. It wasn't something we considered. Uh, you know, if we were to go forward from now, 2052, who, who thinks about the year 2052? Some, there'll be some strange... Oh, <laughs> will you still be here then? Oh, right, okay. <laughs> I'm hoping I'll still be around for a while too. But it's, it's sort of like a long way into the future. And, but way back then, there were some strange things happening in the Christian world. I became a Christian in 1979, and partly prompted by the thought that in 1984, the world was going to end. I didn't think of that myself, but Christians told me that. George Orwell had written a book called 1984 and somehow Christians had taken some of these words and they thought, the world is going to end. Then there was going to be a planetary lineup. There was all sorts of things that were going to go wrong and it would result in the, the world ceasing. So we didn't even think, I mean, the year 2000 way back then seemed so far off and in the distance. Some of you today thinking forward to 2052, uh, you may not be here with us then. I might not be here. Some of you may have uh, grandchildren that you don't have today. It's a long way into the future. But what's important is 
is not whether or not we survive to that date, but what we do with our time right here and now. It is good to be able to look back and see defining moments in our lives. But what's important is those defining moments actually produce something in us that sustains us so that we can look back and reminisce with a, a sense of confidence. Hal Lindsay was running around telling the world about end time events. Many people came to Christ in his meetings, perhaps by fear, but nonetheless they came to Christ and found an experience with him. I'm not ridiculing the things that took place back then, but something happened and it transformed my life. It's how I became a Christian. I remember um, in 1999, and this is funny because uh, I'm not into conspiracy theories, but people were filling their baths. December 1999, people were filling their baths with water. Why? Because they thought as soon as it turned to the year 2000, all the water would stop. I didn't know that there would be some computer glitch and the world would end and you wouldn't be able to get water. I'm thinking, hang, hang on, filling the bath with, it just it wasn't logical. People were buying all the tin food in the supermarkets. It, 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 was, it was amazing how many people fell for the, for the convincing story that everything was going to go wrong. They said planes would fall out of the air because all of the computers would uh, malfunction. I think the only story of tragedy that I heard was a guy who had a, a videotape back in those days that ended up being 100 years overdue. Somehow the computer that, uh, that you know, he'd uh, rented the, the video with had calculated that he'd had it for over 100 years, and that was the, the only thing. But let me say this. Lots of people fell for these silly, silly stories, and people still do. And sometimes Christians are guilty of the same thing. Let me tell you my view on end times. It's simply this. There's a day coming where I'm going to meet Jesus, and he'll either be my judge or my saviour. I'm not saying you shouldn't look to end time events and, and try and learn some things, but I am sure of this. There is a day coming where I will meet Jesus. He'll either be my judge or my saviour. Now we can sit here this morning, many of us, with a sense of confidence that we know um, the relationship we have with him and how the meeting will go. But my question to you this morning is, what about your friends? They will meet Christ one day and they'll meet him either as saviour or judge. And whether they meet him as saviour or judge is partly determined by our presentation of Christ to them. It's determined by uh, the value we place on their eternal destiny. It's, it's determined by our willingness to stand up and to say something. The reality is, and I, I'm sure it's the same, I've said it here before, I know, but the church in the West is declining in number. The numbers of people attending church is decreasing. And the challenge we have is still the same as when the church was increasing, and that is we need to preach the gospel so that people can find Christ as Lord and Savior of their life. Not only will their life be transformed here and now, but off into the future as well. There's a day coming where I will meet Christ and I'll, let, I'll meet him either as saviour or judge. The second point I want to make about that is this. Christ's return is imminent. The Bible tells us that, but we don't know the hour or the day. 
nor the consequences that will arise when his return will be experienced. For many of us, it may not be that we meet him as a result of him coming in the air. It may be that we meet him because of some accident that takes place. It may be we meet him as a result of old age. But the end result is this. There is coming a day where you will meet Christ and you'll see him one way or the other. One of the statements we use in our church is this, I dream of a church that will be filled with people seeking out Jesus Christ. A church where people will find Jesus for themselves and seek to show him to others. The world hasn't changed. Every church needs to be filled with people seeking Jesus Christ. Whether they're Christian or not, the church ought to be filled with people who are seeking Jesus Christ. I'd like you to turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Verse 8 to 10, I want to read some verses to you this morning from the New Living Translation. It says, now, Paul writing to the Thessalonians, he says, And now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere, even beyond Macedonia and Achaia. For wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. We don't need to tell them about it, for they keep talking about the wonderful welcome you gave us, and how you turned away from idols to serve the living and true God. And they speak of how you were looking forward to the coming of God's Son from heaven, Jesus, whom God raised from the dead. He is the one who has rescued us from the terrors of the coming judgment. I want to make some simple observations from these verses this morning. And the first is this. The word of the Lord was echoing out from the group gathered to other locations. I've got some questions, just like Sheridan suggested I might. The first is this. What echo, echoes from this church, starts in the life of individuals? We naively think that somehow advertising and marketing is the primary way that people will hear about the church. No, no, no. The primary way that people hear about the church is from you every single one of you. What you say and you don't say either adds or detracts from the reputation of this church. And I'm less worried about the reputation of this church and more worried or more concerned about the reputation of Jesus Christ. This church is just a part of the body of Christ and our responsibility is to preach the gospel to every man, woman and child out there. And the reputation of the church or what echoes from the church is, is primarily the task of every individual in this room today. What's the gossip that comes from this church? And now there's gossip that goes on everywhere. There's all sorts of things that people say. And, and, and while some of it can be negative and destructive, uh, there's a whole lot of gossip that is actually positive and, and, and produces something that's good. There are things that happen that people hear about as a result of it traveling on the tongues of others, and it can, be, uh, it can bring about a good outcome for many people. Some people will seek out the church because of the gossip they hear about the good the church does. And as a church in this community, you guys are increasing the reputation of Christ. There are things being said about Christ as a result of your work and your efforts, and I want to commend you for that. And, you know, you're just starting this, this month, or next month rather, in, in October, Church in Action. It's another way of getting the word out there about Christ and all that he can do for those who are in need. Another question in relation to that point 
Is the word of Christ reverberating from this meeting into the community? You see, I think sometimes we're comfortable or confident in speaking about a whole range of things, but when it comes to the thing that matters most, I think sometimes we cringe. Think, no, 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 it's not the right time to say that just yet. My question is, though, is when is it ever the right time? When is it ever the right time? There needs to be a, a moment in time where you give people the opportunity to meet Christ for themselves, where they can testify that he too has become their savior. I remember in my own experience, there was a, a neighbor and he, he consistently and persistently nagged me about becoming a Christian. He didn't worry about time. He didn't worry about who I was with. He didn't worry about his own reputation or my response to him. He just continued on and on and on. And I would say he went on and on and on for a couple of years until finally I relented. Finally, I got to the place where either he wore me down or the Holy Spirit did his work, and I'm still not sure which it was. But the result was I made a decision to follow Jesus Christ only as a test. Not because I was convinced. The guy had, had, had nagged the life out of me. I, I was just weary from his persistence. And I thought, I will give it a go. And so in a private time, I wasn't in the church. So in a private time, I said, God, if, if you're really there, then I want to know you. And my conversion experience or the experience of God I had in those moments was enough to convince me for the rest of my life. But I would never have got to that point of that private prayer all by myself had the guy not persisted. And you know, you may say, oh, listen, I've been working on this person at work for all this time. Keep going. Keep trying. Do it in a variety of different ways. I'm not suggesting that you nag the life out of them because often that doesn't work, um, though sometimes it does. Um, but, but what you've got to do is keep presenting. And this church needs to keep gossiping about the good things, like the testimony of that girl that we heard from Sheridan early. Keep gossiping about the good things that God is doing so that the community can experience the increased reputation of Christ that's coming from this place. The second point from these verses of Scripture was this. There were testimonies of faith. Testimonies are only powerful if they're shared. Testimonies of faith produce stories of hope. And the reality is most people want to hear a story of hope. There was a movie, I can't remember the name of it recently, it was about miracles. Um, came out on the, uh, you know, it was released in the cinemas. Does anyone know the name of the movie? I haven't seen it, but maybe you guys haven't seen it here. Sorry? Miracles from Heaven. And I think it's a Christian-based film. I've never seen it, but my mum and dad went to the movies. And apparently it's a really touching experience, the whole thing. And the, the cinema was quite full. My dad is a tradesman. He's, he's not a preacher. He never has been. He speaks awkwardly. But my mum had multiple myeloma. And, um, and she's, uh, she got diagnosed 10 years ago, 12 months to live. And she's still alive and doing really, really well. It's a miracle. Got to the end of the movie. My dad stands up. He says, quiet, everybody. I just want to say something. Uh, in the movies, Dad? 
I mean, you know. He said, look at this. This is my wife. She got cancer all these years ago. God did a miracle for her. And I'm just telling you, and I'm probably adding more words than he would have added. I'm just telling you, she's a miracle and miracles happen. And if you need a miracle, you believe because they still happen. That's it. And, and that's literally what he said and he walked out. <laughs> I would have been super embarrassed had I been there. I think my mum was super embarrassed. But there is one thing that's very clear. He was trying to give a testimony of faith. And he, he felt so obliged to say something because he felt there could have been other people there who would have seen it and thought, it's a nice story. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not true. And what he was trying to say is miracles happen. And miracles happen, and we need to testify of those miracles. In these verses, and I need to hurry, there were testimonies of hospitality. Your generosity and your hospitality opens the door for your story. It is amazing when you're generous and hospitable how many people want to hear what you've got to say. When you're tight-fisted, when you're mean and nasty, people don't care what you've got to say. As a matter of fact, their ears are closed no matter what you're saying. As soon as you exhibit the, the, the love of Christ, which shows itself through generosity and hospitality, ears begin to open. And when ears and hearts begin to open, the possibility of the message being transferred increases dramatically. You're finding it hard to, to, to preach the gospel. It may be that it's not your words that are the problem. It may be that there's a lack of generosity or hospitality being exercised in the process of sharing your story. Just a thought, something you can think about. There are testimonies of changed lives. We don't need to tell people about changed lives. We ought to show them. Too often people say, oh, this has happened and I'm changed. And, and, and the work colleagues are thinking, no, 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 you're the same idiot that we worked with yesterday. Nothing's changed here. And the reality is this, too often we hear about what God can do, we speak about what God can do, but there is no evidence in our lives and that's why people don't believe the message that we carry. Well, we, are, we are meant to be those that pick up our Bibles, read what's in them, sincerely take it in and respond to the conviction of the Holy Spirit and bring about, and there ought to be a change in us as a result. And people don't need you to say, I'm changed. They will know if you change. They will know if you're different. You don't need to go to work tomorrow and say, I'm going to be generous and hospitable to everybody. Just be generous and hospitable. They'll recognize something's happened. And you'll be surprised at how willing they will be to hear your story. There are testimonies, again, from the same verses of Scripture. There are testimonies of passion and love for Christ. True love finds a way to make a sacrifice. I think one of the challenges we have is in the church is the fact that we probably don't actually love the people around us. The reason we don't necessarily love the people around us is because we've not yet experienced the extent, depth, breadth, and height of God's love as He, as he desires us to. You know, moments in worship are are profound and extraordinary, but we need more of those so that, uh, so, so that we are not just recipients, but conduits. 
Do, do, do you see the reason people crave intimacy with God is there is a, there is a, is a gap in their life and it needs filling and God desires to fill it. The trouble with us is we, we get satisfied when we think we are full, but God's intention is for it to overflow. And God's love needs to be poured into us to the place where it becomes uncontainable and it flows through us. If there's a lack of generosity or a lack of hospitality, the issue is a lack of God's love being experienced in your own life. And it's usually because of self-focus. I I won't go anymore because I'm saying some strange and hard things. Is your love for Christ such that you are foregoing your priority for his priority? Who makes room for who? If I was to ask you what God's priority is this morning, I think most of us would know the answer here. But it may not be evident in here. As Paul was writing those verses, there was an explanation of the result of the message. The message needs to be clear, needs to be succinct. So others can experience the truth in the message that you carry. Let them hear clearly what it is you are saying. Too often what we're trying to do is get people to come to church. Often what they actually need to hear is they need a relationship with Christ. You you see, when you attempt to get them involved in the church, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, sometimes there is a message with that that you don't understand. Because the church to them is not this church. It's the church of their experience. Whether that be 20, 30 or 40 years ago, whether it be what they've heard, what they've read in the media, the church to them is a strange thing. What you're offering, what we ought to be offering is a relationship with God. And we understand the importance of the church. But a relationship with God can transform their lives. And we need to be clear on the message. And finally... If I can say that from these verses of Scripture, they were partnering together. We need to team up. And I know you're going to do that on the 16th of October. You're teaming up to do something in the community. But it shouldn't be just on the 16th of October. It should be tomorrow morning. When you get to work, team up. When you open your mouth and express appreciation, thankfulness or hope, Know that you're not doing it by yourself, but you're doing it with the rest of the church behind you. Just imagine, you know, I love Hebrews, we're in Hebrews 12, where it speaks about a cloud of witnesses, a large group of people behind them. There's a large group of people behind you, and, and you may say, but I haven't got the words or the experience, or I'm not even clear on how to demonstrate uh, Christianity as I ought to. Maybe that you're not able or confident enough to lead somebody to Christ, but the church is with you and the church is behind you. Do you know some of the people who are most effective in winning people to Christ are the least experienced? It's, 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 like, it's, it's, it's like all that is loaded on us leads us to a place, a place of paralysis. And yet the person who's just made a decision for Christ is quick to speak and usually quick to see a result. I want to encourage you to partner up with one another, believe in one another, encourage one another, support one another as you get the message out there. If there's a 
phrase I want to leave you with today is simply this. Reaching people one at a time. Reaching people one at a time. It's not a phrase for the church. It's a phrase for you as an individual. So today you will see somebody somewhere, somehow. And in the forefront of your thinking, ideally you'd be saying, I'm going to reach this person. Not all at once. We're not salesmen. We're representatives of Christ. A big difference. But we can reach people one at a time. We, We can connect with people one at a time. And your generosity, your hospitality, your testimonies of faith, uh, your passion and love for Christ are all going to meld together in a way that will present a message to those that you reach out to. And it will make a significant difference if you're willing to allow it. God, God forgives us all. You know, I stand today here as a sinner saved by grace. Not perfect, not by any stretch of the imagination. And I'm conscious of that every single day. Look at the world, the world around us, and you can look at it a couple of different ways, really. You can see everything perfect or you can see everything imperfect. And for me, I see so much that's not right. I see so much injustice. I see so much that's, that's not fair. And I realize that I am a part of all of that. And it's the result of sin. I was born into sin. I've grown in sin. And I stand here today still as a sinner. And I'm not in any way questioning the fact that Christ has saved me. But what I am saying is we live in an imperfect world. And you may not be perfect yourself. It doesn't preclude you from sharing the gospel. I was thinking last night, I was praying. It's great. We heard what Psalm 61 we read. David wrote the psalm. Singing last night of David. How many mistakes he made. Singing of Moses and how many mistakes he made. There's a whole bunch of others. Solomon, mistakes he made. But even... The Apostle Paul, you know, in Romans, he says, the things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I don't want to do, I do. What was he saying? Still short of the mark as well. Even Peter, for all the good that Peter did, he made an awful lot of mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. I'm going to keep making mistakes, but it doesn't change the fact that we've been entrusted with a message. It's a message that gives people an opportunity on that day. On the day that we all meet Christ. Message gives somebody the opportunity of meeting Christ as either saviour or judge. Maybe today that you're in a place where you're not sure how it is when you'll meet up with Christ. Whether you'll see him as the saviour or whether you'll see him as a judge. You have an opportunity today to rectify that. Even more importantly, for all of us who are here, we're friends, family, people that that we do want to connect with, 
they too one day will meet Christ. They'll meet him as either saviour or judge. And how they meet him is partly determined by what we do. And how the message has worked its way through our life. I'd like you to stand together with me this morning. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to hand back to Sharon. Father, I thank you you sent your son Jesus Christ. And he gave his life for all of us. All we need to do is accept Jesus Christ into our heart. And our lives are transformed and on the, the day when we die, when Jesus returns, we get to meet him as Savior. My prayer today is for everyone here in this room that you would give them the opportunity of expressing generosity and hospitality that you would encourage them in their demonstration of the love that has been given to them so that their friends, their family their work colleagues, their school friends might find Jesus as Saviour as well Father, give us confidence where we lack confidence. Give us courage. Uh, give us the words that we need to speak, the time that we need to speak them, so that this community, so that the gossip coming from this church will be a message of hope. Hope for the hopeless. I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Why don't we just stand for a minute and think about what Wayne said. He's really unpacked wherever, whenever, be like Jesus in another way, hasn't he? Take just a moment. Father, I thank you that you're speaking to us. I thank you that you are pushing us on to be your representatives, to be your ambassadors in our city, in our workplaces, in our homes, in our schools, in the community at large. Lord, I ask today that you'd find, or I pray today that you would find receptive hearts, not only with the idea but, Lord, that we'd put into action what we've heard. Lord, that courage would rise. Father, as each of us leave this building, that we would leave purposed. That we would leave kingdom-focused. That we would leave big-hearted. That we would leave knowing that we belong to a supernatural family. 
and that you've got a plan and a purpose that goes way, way beyond ourselves. Lord, I pray for a sound to be released of stories where through your people you're impacting our city and our nation and beyond in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we please give Pastor Wayne a big hand? That is a great message. Well, a couple of things as we leave. First thing, did that board keep getting passed around, the prayer board? Is that, has everybody seen that, the prayer clipboard? Great. Has it been, hasn't been over here? Okay, can we make it, can someone pass it around? Let's get it over here before we finish. That would be really good. Um, also, we're going to receive an offering right now because... I want to bless Pastor Wayne as he goes. It's fantastic that he's been able to take a weekend to be with us. I know that that in his diary, that's a big deal. And um, so thank you. And um, so if you could prepare yourself for that, that would be wonderful. Also, the take-home question today, if you're a parent, you've got children and children's uh, church, they're going to come home with the question, if you could have lunch with anyone who's ever lived, who would you choose and why? Good question. That'll keep you talking over lunch. If you could have lunch with any person who's ever lived, who would you choose and why? It's slightly more awkward to receive an offering with the seats like this, isn't it? We'll get the hang of that, don't worry. Thank you for being purposed in your giving. Very much appreciated. Allows us to do things that God's asked us to do. It's very good. And just as we finish now, if you would like prayer for anything at all, please just come out the front here as we finish. There's a team who'd love to pray with you. I declare God's blessing on you that as you go into this week, you will be confident in God be confident to live the life that God's placed in front of you. You'll be confident to speak about Jesus in any situation. You'll be confident wherever, whenever to be like Jesus. Good? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. you got to remember. got to remember to talk. You can't just think, you got to talk. That's right. What's that? Thank you, Pastor Rex. Wonderful. It's great. Just looking here, anything else we need to do? No, there's not. Uh, Pastor Wayne will be speaking again at 6 tonight. Come out. It would be good. There's nothing on TV. It's raining. You must be here. for be far, far better. Far, far better. Have a coffee. Meet some people. Meet some new people. Come down the front if you need prayer for anything at all. Have a great day.
mine or whose was this? Picks around or? Oh, there's making sure you hear me. Hello. Let's, um, if we can go over Hello. Um, the tracks, please. And we're going to just sing it if fun if that thing decides to yes. we'll Me? It's so loud. Oh, Turn me down. Here and now really I surrender I am desperate for a moment with you, a moment with you. I am lost in your goodness, I'm surrounded, I am found in your love. Hello. Uh, uh, your Reese, you're coming out over there again. You're not coming through here at the moment. Hi, baby. What are you doing? I am lost in your goodness. I'm surrounded. I am found in your love. Yep, you are. I'm found in your love. If it's the same as Thursday, then we're all good. free and alive. Yeah. We are free, alive. Is it okay? We are free. Can we um 
can we go over alive first though? That's the main one I want to go over, if that's okay. Alive. Redoski. <laughs> Race, I think Stanley wants you. Let's start again.